What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Sazits. Brown bag, brown bag. D. Brown bag Welcome lunch back, group. folks. T-double-B-L-C. Here with my co-host, as always, Drew Luster in Essex, Massachusetts. Me, myself, and Irene Curtis Quinn down in Destin, Florida. Coming to you on the 41st episode, I believe, Drew, uh, total. So nine more until the big 5-0. That'll oh be boy. exciting. Uh, oh, boy. We'll do maybe a little recap of some of our favorite clips from the you know the past 50 episodes. I definitely have one in my mind, and it's it comes from the first episode. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> that, would be, that would be quite the treat. Uh, hope you are well in Florida. The weather here is getting a lot nicer, which I love to see. As we approach March, we're going to see some more spring days, which I can't wait for. But other than that, we're just going to keep on keeping on. There's really not much to it. We're approaching a year in this pandemic where this whole thing was born. So uh, A year in this booth. Yeah, it's it, we're coming up on it pretty pretty quick, pretty pretty fast here. So, um, yeah, I like it. Um, trying to think here. We'll get into love and hates shortly, but we'll hand it off to you for the holiday update. Yeah, a couple decent ones. I know typically we're on a Tuesday one Wednesday schedule. We're cramming in an early one this week for you. We got a couple national days for March second. Tomorrow, Tuesday, Dr. Seuss's birthday. Okay. So shout out Dr. Seuss. Maybe go uh, read a Cat in the Hat. Cat in the Hat, uh, Green Eggs and Ham. Um, could you know. name another? Because I should certainly can't. No, I'm trying to think, the- of, think of one of them that was, used to be. I feel like it was on TV, but I can't yeah. think of it. I mean, talk about rhymes. That's all I got to say. Yeah. He's a, he's a hell of a rhymer, you know, one of the first of his kind. Now you hey, get all these people mumble rapping and stuff. You know, the best of the rhymers. Yeah, potentially the goat. Yeah. Speaking of the goat of maybe breakfast sandwiches, some would consider as the classic egg McMuffin. Tomorrow's National Egg McMuffin Day. <laughs> I'm personally not. I'm not the biggest fan of a of a. When I think of an egg McMuffin, obviously I think of just the mcdonald's one and i'm just not a huge fan of like mcdonald's breakfast anyways i think i i would go there more out of convenience if i had to yeah but if if you are that type of person tomorrow would absolutely be the day to go get yourself an egg mcmuffin at your local mcdonald's yeah couple more for you here we got national old stuff day (laughs) i don't know what else that could mean besides what it is just reading as it's yeah. anything that you got hanging around the house, I like, guess. Like hand-me-downs, I guess. Yeah, something like that. But you'd think that uh, would be its own day. Yeah, maybe exactly. Maybe go to your local Goodwill or uh, what's the other one there? The one in Gloucester. I can't even recall. Salvation Army. Salvation Army. Maybe pick up yourself a nice garment or something. Um, lastly, National Read Across America Day. This sounds like something bigger than just opening a book. It sounds like this is some sort of cult of sorts. National Read Across America Day. I feel like this could potentially have a following based on the title. Not a big reader myself, but maybe after work tomorrow, I'll kick back and crack open a a book or something. Maybe. Who knows? (laughs) Doubt it, but why not? Yeah. 
All that's right. the slate for you. Pretty diverse, pretty solid slate to, to kick off March. So let's let's get it going here. Okay, I like it. Well, let's uh, before we hop into the love hates in my blank space of thought prior in this episode, I was thinking yeah. on your weather comment. And last week was the first week it kind of turned down here because we had a couple of cold weeks, like talking 40s, uh, got into the 30s at one point. But cool. last week consistent 70 degrees and sunny it was it was something to be seen is there anything better i really don't think so first time i wore shorts and a t-shirt on the golf course uh you know in probably the last five six months something like that so that was wonderful did that on saturday with that let's hop right into our loves then uh because that was going to be one of them that i that i thought of but Mm -hmm. Most recently, over the past couple of weeks, uh, fresh out of the oven cookies. Oh, my God. That's a love for me. And then I got a free Chipotle reward when I was trying to do a little pickup Chipotle on my scramble during the weekend, trying to sneak in a little lunch before the round. Yeah. And it just so happened that I had built up enough points for a free chicken bowl. Oh, let's go. That's unreal. Especially if you don't know if it just kind of gets sprung on you. Yeah. What a... Hell of a surprise that is. I'm gonna be honest. I didn't even know they did that. I I was just happy with paying the seven bucks and give me my bowl. Calling it a day, yeah. So Leah usually uses it when we do uh, like online order. Yeah. In the extent of what we have gotten is like a free mint, like a the small queso or a side of guac or something like that. I've never seen someone get a full bowl. So you must be grinding over there <laughs> or down there to get your your actual free burrito. So props to you and. Uh, I'll jump back one too. The chocolate chip cookies. I mean, that is potentially in my top five all time. It's just the the first off the smell and yeah. the taste when they first come out of the oven. You break them apart and the chocolate's all melty. It's like holy mother of pearl. I don't think there's much better than that. It gets scary too because you could eat you could eat endless amounts of those right out of the oven. You gotta it could stop get out yourself. of control quick. Yeah, you gotta if you don't have any self control, it could get really messy really fast. Yeah. Yeah. What are you, uh, what are your loves for this week? Yeah, so I was going to kind of interject when we were talking about weather, but it actually is the weather in um late February, early March. It's interesting. It's an interesting dynamic because it'll be like 42, 43 degrees and partly cloudy. Yep. But it, to me it feels like it's 65. And you're you're cranking all the windows open, you're walking around outside, you're you're acting like it's mid-July and it's just it's one of those things where if it's October and it drops to 40, you're like, holy shit, it's freezing. Yep. But now I'm like, bring it on. Give me up in the 40s and I'm going to be in heaven. So it, as long as these forty mid-40 days keep coming, I'm going to be a happy camper. And before you know it, we'll be cruising right on through spring. So that's my, my big love of the week is as the weather starts to turn here. Yeah, I saw a lot of people go skiing this week. It seemed like everybody and their mother was skiing, so the weather couldn't have been that nice up in the uh, White Mountain area. That's true, yeah. Probably wearing a T-shirt and sunglasses out there on the the lifts and stuff. All right, let's jump in the good stuff, the hates. Uh, The good stuff. I'm going to go, and I wrote this one down, I would say a couple weeks ago as well, but no handshakes going on in high school baseball like after a game. It's just pick up your stuff and leave because of COVID, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so no no handshakes going on. You can't really say good game or anything to the other coaches and, and chat it up. It's just 
pack your stuff, bring it in, and then pack it up and go home. I hate it. I don't like it one bit. Yeah, that's a tough one. And you hope that shortly here comes summer or fall, that starts that stuff. The tradition starts to be restored in certain aspects of sports. Like I know hockey for the Winter Classic, I don't think they did. Or maybe they did do a handshake, actually. I think the Flyers, or not the Winter Classic, sorry, the Lake Tahoe Classic or whatever. Yeah. A couple Sundays ago, it looked like the announcers were saying, oh, I don't know if they're going to do the handshake. They ended up doing it. So hopefully we can get back to that sort of stuff in organized sports. Um, mine is a little bit less. I guess it's it's more broad, I would say. Okay. But it happened to me today, and I was like, I don't know if this is something that happened to a lot of people or it's just me with my sensory issues and my weird quirks or whatever. But like when you drink water – to quench your thirst but like no matter how many times you drink water and you try to refresh yourself you just can't catch up and like all day i feel like i've had just the driest mouth and i just can't get over like being refreshed at all it's i don't know if this happens to just me but it's terrible especially when i'm on zoom calls trying to talk and yap and have meetings for work it's like i feel like i'm in the sahara do you get a little raspy with it too do you start coughing yeah, sometimes, but it's mostly just like a dry throat and I start to get all, yeah, like kind of scratchy and raspy. It's, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm not a big fan of it, I got to say. So I got I to gotta do a, a better job of managing my hydration levels, I think, during the day. Yeah, you got to get on the TB12 method of drinking, you know, gallons of water a day. I got to, yeah, maybe that's it. Just start chugging gallons. Who knows? I'll, I'll have an honorable mention here as well. Yeah. And... This one comes from work, but I'm we're currently working an exercise next week. Yeah, next week at some point. And we're working with folks that are stationed either in Japan or Korea. So huge, huge time change. And I just hate doing the math and trying to figure out a schedule <laughs> that works for everybody. And oh my God. We're, we're subtracting days because, you know, they're like 15 hours ahead or something like that. So now yeah, you're, you're mixing Sundays and Mondays and it gets absolutely wild really quickly. And I, I don't like it. The fact that you said that is hilarious because I'm dealing with either Central or Pacific where it's anywhere from like one to five hours change. So when you're talking, when you get up in the teens, that's where I'm like mentally I couldn't. I can't it. wrap I my head a, around it. Yeah, dude, I can't even handle the one hour. Like central, like sometimes they're on our time, sometimes they're not because of daylight savings, or like Pacific, or like the, like the folks out in Cali who we work with. It's like it is a nightmare. It's nightmare fuel for me to try to schedule a meeting where everybody's schedules lines up. Yeah. When it's even a four hour difference, so fifteen hours, I don't even know if I could mentally handle that. That is that's next level. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. You have any honorable mentions? No, I'm pretty light on the hates right now, which is probably a secretly a good thing. So nothing else for me. Awesome. Well, let's let's talk some stonks here. And no, remember, sorry. we got to talk about the past two weeks and then today. Yeah, we do. So um, past two weeks, general overview here. Really dark times in the portfolios of Drew and Curtis. I'd say I dropped at the peak forty percent from my height. Uh, going into what was it Thursday of last week because Friday we got a little uptick. Yeah, your forty percent is probably like my twenty percent. I would say it, over the last two weeks, I said it in offline. I'll say it. We got the absolute shit kicked out of us over the last two <laughs> weeks. 
we hung steady. I hung steady for the most part. Like you said, you got to be patient. And we're sort of starting to come out the other side. It seems like, uh, except for Neo, but that's a story for another segment, another day possibly. But yeah, yeah today was today was a huge day. You know, I wouldn't even say today. Friday was a good start. Friday was a huge start for us. Yep. And then today really capped off the, the full rebound back to where we want to be in the so-called baseline per se before I joined us <laughs> to into oblivion last week or two weeks ago actually. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been tough sledding over the last two weeks. Secretly happy we haven't potted because it, it would have been all negative. It would have been miserable. But I'm glad we can kind of come out the other side potting and be like and look back on it and, and sort of say, okay, well we're look where we've come almost. Yeah, so we're not we're, we're not back to where we want to be, but we're we're getting there. It was, I mean, there were points when we were back in the like two three months returns from Curtis early on in the investment stages and i'm like geez you know what if we pulled that the height and then got back in now that's what you start thinking but you just gotta you gotta take the ups and downs you gotta hold steady as you said and neo's earnings just punched me in the teeth tonight because we had a banner day and i thought you know maybe we can add on to this with a good neo return the whisper on the street was saying yeah. it was going to be good earnings. And guess what? They came back with some of the worst earnings per share I've, I've seen uh, oh, when God. you know people are expecting a pretty good return. Yeah, that's one of those where we have been, Neo has been a topic of conversation for quite some time on and off the pod. We, not only us, but there's a, a pretty large group of people that we know or that we talk to, a pretty extensive list that, um, you know, have a hand in Neo. So it's, it's definitely not, uh, the best news to get on a Monday evening. I'll just say that, especially yeah. the way we kind of gutted out the last two business days to hear that at the end of it is, uh, like you said, quite the gut punch. So we'll see, we'll I'd, see what comes of that. I guess. I'd like to toss lemonade in the ring for quite disappointing. As of late, they reached a height of 180. They're trading around 120 right now. Their earnings weren't anything to, you know, talk about really it was kind of right where they expected it no growth and we got to talk about our good friend square because they're the ones that are you know in the trenches right now trying to uplift dude square the the way i looked at it even before the pod square is an absolute wagon for both of us i would say i I don't want to speak for you but they are they are doing everything they damn they damn near can to to keep us up in the green. I'll tell you that right now. They every single day they look like they're up ten bucks. Every time I log in, it's like boom, up five percent. Up. Five, I'm like, holy shit! How far can you go? I mean, they have, you know, they'll plummet one day. Granted, everything plummeted over the last two weeks, but yeah. they always seem to rebound in the strongest of ways. So, like you said, that's one we're going to be holding on holding on to till the grave. There's no doubt about it. And we're we're somewhat tied into Bitcoin with that because they have heavy financials in the Bitcoin sector. So take it as you must. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? We'll see. Only time will tell. I'm hoping it's going to be a good thing. I would hope so, too. I think my fraud of the week on the stock on the stock side of things is Peloton. I talked highly of them probably a month ago, and it seems like since then they've done nothing but let me down. Um, I compared it to like hockey or basketball. They like, they can't get out of the neutral zone. It's we're down and we, it seems like it's a constant game of catch up. So again, I'll ask, I I've asked once I will ask again publicly, Joe, can you please live stream you using the Peloton? We need this publicity. 
We need to pump up the numbers because I can't live like this. Something's got to give. Get Joe on his bike. You need Joe in like an 80s workout uh, yes. costume or something. Yeah, too. with like a massive American flag in the background. His aviators just pumping the legs. Yeah. Give me, I need it because we're struggling. We need someone. He might be our only hope. I will say, I'll go into a little story here because I think that wraps it up for us on Stock Talk. But yeah. I'll pose a question to you. Okay. If you got in a fender bender and it was completely the other person's fault, would you let your insurance know or would you just run it through their insurance? If I got into a fender bender and it was completely their fault? Yeah, so you got rear-ended. I don't know. I mean, so here's the thing. I, I don't. I feel like this is sort of going back to your situation yeah i'm gonna teach you i'm gonna teach you some stuff okay please do and i feel like um at first and i'm I'm just gonna preface my answer by saying this at first i was a little weary at how much you were trusting this woman by what by the way you were kind of acting i'm like geez you know some crazy lady down in florida he's just he's just gonna let her walk with nothing he's gonna be screwed with no bumper but (laughs) i feel like i would just go through my insurance i guess i don't know I, I'm not, I'm not, uh, as you know, I don't have much experience with that stuff. Yeah, I probably have Big Mike. First accident I've, I've been in, which is good. Uh, yeah, and it I wasn't, say. it wasn't my fault, which is even better because now I don't have to pay anything and I just get a yeah. new, new back end. But I didn't run it through my insurance until today. Basically, what you're supposed to do is just notify your insurance that you're going mm-hmm. through the other insurance and the other insurance pays for everything. Okay. So I I had more time on the phone with State Farm, who is not my insurer, uh, like setting everything up, getting to one of their auto bodies where they do the, what do they call it? I don't know. I don't know what they call it. What do you? The looking... adjust, not the adju- the adjuster. I maybe I. Yeah, the adjuster. You know better than I. You know, gives you a quote or whatever, and mm-hmm. then that's how much you get paid for. But I will say that a good experience is, uh, you know, I have the old Lexus. I do indeed. But Lexus apparently gets you a premium rental car because it's like a high end vehicle no or something. Way. So I'll be getting a nice little Hertz rental for you know four or five days, oh however gosh. long it's in the shop, which is nice. What are you gonna be? Sorry, my uh, my audio just got fucked up. What are you going to – do you have any any clue what you're going to be ripping what, with the no. rental? Imagine you just ripping down the Florida Strip with like a – A convertible? 20, yeah, that like a, be... some sort of convertible. Tarps off, top down, just ripping it. That would be incredible. You know, I think it's about due time for me to get in a convertible while I still have hair uh, and, <laughs> and actually enjoy it. <laughs> of course, it comes back to that. Yeah. Um, Keep us posted because I'm genuinely interested in what, in what comes of that and what you get hooked up with. It's unfortunate that you got to get a rental car, but like you said, if you have to, let it be a, a luxury convertible. Yes, and I'll I'll give you an update on the the Keeps platform. Please do. I am I think now three compliments on the hair from the general public, just out of nowhere type of deal. And... You promise? No, here's my. I'm a little bit skeptical. Skeptical about what you're calling general public. These are people, three different people. Two, two people like totally strangers in the in the public, and then one was a person at work. 
Wow. That's uh, remarkable. So, it seems to be working. I don't I haven't you should, you seen any quality, culture. you know, I haven't seen any actual quantitative <laughs> stats showing that it's working. Yeah, I'm backing but, it up. Well, but I, the people the people are saying it's working. That's yeah, all you need. So, who am I to say that it's not? Exactly. Really. That's that is very impressive because I've been ripping the foam shout out to the Rogaine crew for like six months and uh, I don't got a single compliment to show for it. So again, I've been buzzing the old scalp here and there. <laughs> I'm starting to grow it out again. We'll see what happens. But it, Well, it's yeah. the Finney. Uh, may, maybe it's the Finney that you're missing. <laughs> the Finney. What is it? The Finasteride? Is that the pills? Yeah. 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 That could be the, uh, the, the missing link. It's a hassle. I'll tell you that much. I, you're supposed to do the, what the minoxidil twice a day. I can only get yeah. in one usually. I'm I'm a once what's a day the, guy. What's that? The foam or the drops or something? It's the solution stuff. It's a pain yeah. in the pain in the ass. Yeah. But hey, if you gotta follow the directions, or you're gonna be shafting yourself. Yeah, we'll see. Oh, oh my god, see that gives me stress. Let's move on to the PGA Tour this week, the WGC, and it was at the concession down in Florida, in Tampa, I believe it is. Good tournament this week. Colin Morikawa picking up his fourth win and making you and me feel like real smucks because he's only 24 years old and he has a major and, you know, probably over $10 million in his pocket, which is nice. Imagine the amount, the amount of uh, square stock that he could buy. A lot. He could buy a lot of square. He could buy a lot of, you know, Anything he wants. expensive stocks. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yes. Well, Brooks Koepka was up there again. I I hate to say this because he's obviously not a favorite on this podcast, but he's shaping into form where he's going to be scary for the majors again, and I don't like to see that one bit. Yeah, I got to say, I don't watch much golf, but it seems like now is the time where, like you said, people start to ramp up, fine-tune their game, and, and get ready for the biggest of stages, and... Um, I I don't think I dislike him as much as you do. Obviously, he has a an interesting personality with how he's sort of I don't know the right word. I wouldn't say vibrant, but he's certainly not shy to to call somebody out or say something. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess we'll see what happens there. And then our our new boy Victor Hovland having I know. another great week. I I believe he came in T two. With Brooks Kepka, he had a, a flurry of a weekend. I think he shot like nine under or something on the weekend, so he had a couple of really good rounds. And the best quote from him this week, because everybody was wearing the Tiger outfit, as you yep. probably saw. I did. Which was like, eh, to me it was whatever. Of course, of course it was like that to you. Well, I mean, Anyways. just like a hundred people doing it, is it really that special at that point? I don't know. I think it's more special that the more people bought into it. I guess. The angle I look at, but to each their own. Continue. I don't want to get you off topic. Anyways, Victor Olvin was asked on why he didn't wear red on Sunday, like because of Tiger. And he said, because orange is a better color. Did he really say that? Because he went to OSU, so Oklahoma State. Oh, my gosh. That's such a... Kind of just like a ballsy comment, like doesn't even. He's just, yeah, <laughs> he just could care. It's like almost like tunnel vision, kind of like he might be too young to even. I mean, he he has to understand the significance of it, but 
yeah, that's, that's hilarious. I, I didn't even see that. And that is, that's priceless. Yeah. And so I just liked him <laughs> even more for that quote oh, right there. I, right I will say Phil did wear the red and black, uh, Sunday, but he was over on the champions tour. So it got a little less coverage and he had a, he had a black sweater over it because he probably didn't want to look a little big in the red. Not a, not a favorable color for Phil. I don't think. Yeah. But, you know, respect to him for doing it. So, but yeah, that was pretty much the PGA tour this week. Uh, McElroy played well. Tony Finau played well again, still hasn't won. He's, he's just nipping at the bud. I don't know. It seems as though like I'm rooting now for him to keep coming in second, I think, because (laughs) it's like, you know, 30 plus times that he's within the top five or something in the past two years. And I just want to see that go to like a hundred. I mean, that would be, that'd be heartbreaking. It's like a running joke, you know, like you don't want the joke. It'd be heartbreaking to watch, but it would also be entertaining. Um, Something actually just popped into my mind that I have to ask about. What it now? I don't even know if you're gonna know this because it just popped into my head. I heard it on. I, I think pardon my take. Okay. There is, I guess, a curse in golf right now. That... The Puerto Rico Open curse. It's not. Boom. Hey, there guess guess who was the first person to break it? I have no idea. Our, I didn't know anybody. Our did. boy. Oh really? Victor Hovland. He broke it last year. He won the Puerto Rico Open as his first event. And yeah. he ended up winning last year to break that curse because that curse was was a big thing for quite a while, and Tony Finau is still part of that club. So that's what reminded me because I remember the name Tony Finau was tied to that curse. Yes. So I had to bring it up, and so basically it was that if you if you win that you don't win anything else, right? Basically. Correct. After the fact. Yeah. That's remarkable. So I want to give you some more stats on that because. Colin Morikawa and Tony Finau in the past, I think it was like 38 starts or something, have played statistically almost the same golf. Okay. One of the the golf bigwigs on Twitter tweeted this out the other day. Yeah. And And it just so happens that in those 38 starts, Colin Morikawa has four wins, one of them being a major and one of them being a WGC, which is the top 70 players in the world. And then Tony has zero. Oh, my gosh. And he was like... This shows you uh, how like overrated winning is, along with how much of like a great skill it is to have. Yeah, I mean that's see, like that's the thing. You could go both ways with it because obviously, it's it is when you look at it through that lens, it's overrated. But at the same time, if you look at it from the Morikawa lens, it's like holy shit! How did he? managed to come out on the other side of how do you figure it out to exactly get, get those you know amount of wins yeah because he's winning at nearly a 10 percent clip that this week was his 38th start on the pga tour wow i got another That's one crazy. for you um because it's absolutely outstanding and this one was jarring especially because whenever you see like crazy golf stats they're 95 percent from tiger right Mm-hmm. Like I think his cut streak was like 126 events or something like that. Something just insane that'll never be touched again, which is what I thought. Little did I know that Annika Storenstan, one of the greats of the LPGA Tour, she came back this week. She's 50. 
uh, hasn't wow. played for like 13 years or something like that because she had kids and she kind of just let let golf go and put family ahead of that. But now she's like going out there trying to win again. She made the cut this week, which made it 299 cuts made in 309 career starts. She's only missed the cut in 10 events. Holy shit. So that's, I think now, it comes out to a 97.1% cut made figure. That's pretty remarkable. I mean, she did have a 10 year break, so, but still, that's yeah, pretty. Yeah, but that's not taken away. No, no, I know. Any I'm of the stats. Yeah. If anything, no, she could have made it more impressive. Yeah, I mean, you could have padded the stats over that period of time. That's pretty crazy. That's almost unbelievable. Yeah. I saw that and I was shocked. I said, holy crap, that's like one of the great sports statistics of all time. Yeah, I mean, it has to be. From a percent standpoint, like, it's that's crazy. Yeah. Okay, well, anything for a little rant? I got a little rant, unless you got a little rant. Um, honestly, I think I got my rant out in the last epi. I don't think I have much pent up rant stuff for you right now but i'm i would ha- i will happily give you the floor okay i think it starts out with the quote that you hear where the younger generation or the generations growing up now are kind of softer or more emotional than older generations yada 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 and i think it's used as an excuse and i don't actually believe it at all because I think the majority of people are pretty much the same. And the people who use that are the ones who are probably abusing that. And I have seen it firsthand, for sure, when it comes to coaching high school baseball. Not only with a coach on my coaching staff, but also coaches throughout like the district that are coaching against us. Really? Yeah, and I'll give you some examples within the high school game. And this one just, like, completely irked me. It was, like, a two- or three-run game. Kid steals second while they're bunting. This is on the opposing team. And our third baseman came in for the bunt, so then third base was open. Yeah. Because we run a horrific bunt coverage that I disagree with. Okay. Uh, that allows that to happen, where if they stole, they could actually take two bases because nobody's there to cover if they execute it correctly. Seems seems like that's something that should definitely be looked at. Yes, it, ha- it happened again this week, and there was actually discussion on to change it, so I guess that's a silver lining. But I will say I mentioned it four weeks ago, and it was shot down then. So it took three different failures to do this. Anyways, the kid on second ends up not taking third base mm-hmm. when he probably should have ran. And the head coach who's coaching third for this random Florida high school baseball team proceeds to call timeout, tells his kid to meet him halfway in the baseline between second and third, and starts to berate him in the middle of the baseline. Now, this is the opposing team, correct? This is the opposing team, yeah. You're on, yeah. You're and on I, defense. I thought to myself, how, you know, bad of a coach slash leader do slash, you have, person. slash person do you have to be to make it so much about you that you call a timeout during a baseball game 
with you know the inning's not over here this that was like the first that was the first out of the inning yep to then go berate you know a 16 17 year old in the middle of the baseline because he he missed a read that he probably should have made so so it wasn't one of those things because oftentimes you see one of those things where you know if they're changing a pitcher or there's a substitution in between innings no there was no the the pause was completely because this guy called timeout to yell at his own player in between second and third and it was like was it very obvious that he was yelling at like he wasn't just trying to educate him or like oh no because you oftentimes you see where they're they'll cover the mouth with the glove or the hat and they'll just like kind of have a meeting of the minds. This was more of a just verbal, just beat down basically in the middle of the game, middle of an inning, no less. Correct. And, and this gets to my further point of, I think I've never seen it this bad. And maybe it's mm-hmm. just this district that is bred like some really bad coaching habits and stuff like that. Yeah. But, there's constant yelling at the kids for their performance on the field. It's not really anything to do with their behavior and stuff like that, because that I can see, like you have to kind of stampede that and put that off to the side. And if somebody's yelling at them for that, it's like, okay, they're trying to make them either better people or like baseball etiquette and stuff like that. Fine. Yeah. But this is like they make an error in the field, not because of a mental error, not because of anything. I'm trying to think of the word here. Well, I guess it's sort of almost not because they're trying to make an like. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say it wasn't a mental error, but it's one of those things where like they're not they didn't choose to not take the base. It was an honest mistake in the middle of the game. They're so, they're not physically trying to make an error. Like exactly. it just happens that baseball is an imperfect game, and you know a good average is three hundred, and you're gonna make errors even if you win the Gold Glove type of deal. Mm-hmm. But it's like no crime goes unpunished when it comes to like doing anything wrong in the game. And half the time, I disagree to where the point is. I don't even think something was done wrong because I just disagree on a baseball aspect of what is said to be done wrong. And it gets me to the point of like, then the excuse, if the players or other people outside of the organization say like, Oh, you're yelling at them too much. Or, you know, that was unfair. It's like, Oh, they just can't handle criticism. It's like, no, it's just, you're not a good coach. You're not a good leader. If you're a good leader and a good coach, you're going to figure out what the best way possible to interact with your players yeah, and to get the best out of them. And clearly, if you're not doing that by yelling at them 100% of the time, then maybe you should probably reevaluate like yourself as a coach. No, I completely agree, 100%. And it seems like something might be in the water with those coaches. I don't know. down down south but yeah there's no and again i think it's fine in some situations to bring it to that level but certainly not in the middle of the inning to that extent uh and again to your point over at like a baseball action like not not someone throwing a helmet or or swearing at an ump or anything completely outlandish like that and you know you know me you know how much i hate throwing helmets in the dugout I, I do, and I know that you would have no issue at all reprimanding certain actions. So it's 
definitely telling when you have this sort of opinion and angle towards something. Yeah, I just, I don't understand it because it's like there's no self-reflection. Yeah, none. It just, yeah. And again, like you said, making it about him in the middle of an inning, it's just, it's kind of crazy. And it's crazy to me that nobody, like the parents really don't say much, which to me, I'm like thinking about our high school experience. I feel like our parents were somewhat involved in feedback for either the coach or just talking amongst themselves. And maybe they are, and maybe I'm just not connected as I would be back home. Uh, but I don't remember. Do you remember Lafada yelling at us at any point? Like I can't specifically remember getting yelled at other than like pick up no. balls and, you know, stuff we should have been doing already type of deal. Yeah, it, exactly. I think it was more direction. And I would say, 99.999% of the time that he even gave direction was warranted. It was never something that was out of the blue, never mind in the middle of the inning, because you know how much of a professional that guy is and the way that things were run was over the top. Like It was incredibly done, as you, as you remember, yeah. as you recall. So from that standpoint, I don't think you'd ever see anything like that happen. In the middle of the game, never – like. You know, in the middle of an inning, never mind in the middle of a game. And I think it reflects mostly, I hope, from the outside perspective of, like, especially that person who did that is that's just bad coaching. Because if you think you have to go out there and make a show of it, like, you know what you're talking about. To, like, get through to the player, that's a problem. That's a, a big problem, and you should have been doing that in practice, which obviously you have not been. Yeah, no, that's a good point too, though. If if you need to make that much of a show over something like that, over a base not being taken, there's probably a much larger issue behind the curtain with the way that the coach is just failing to connect with the players, like you said. And I would say I've never seen, on this level of high school sports, people wanting to quit. Really, a yeah. lot of it, not like, only just across the board. Yeah, and I don't, I can't speak to other teams, but this team in particularly that I'm helping coach, I feel like I'm there to ease the pain almost. <laughs> like I try to keep pretty much everything positive because I think they get way too much negative. And there's multiple kids who have already talked, you know, about either quitting or, you know, why am I on varsity versus JV? I'm doing nothing. Like why should I even be here type of stuff? And I, Jesus. I once again reflect back to ours. I can't think of senior year anybody on the team who would even think to say they would, you know, be quitting. And that's like that's coming from bench players. Yeah. And like definitely not the starters. I don't think anybody. I mean, and that's like just part of starters the... on this team, like kids who play every like, inning. Actually, and have stuff, an impact. Yeah, they're not even. They they crazy. are like considering, you know, not not playing for. So, it, so it's really not even about like not having an opportunity or not getting enough playing time. It's, it seems like it's more than that. It's, it's climate. Yeah. It's definitely the, the climate. Yeah. So I look forward to head coaching my, my own team someday because I don't do well with the kind of zero, zero powers. Yeah. Zero powers yeah. and not having a real impact as to how I want the organization to run. Yeah. Well, I think, I think you're sort of underselling yourself almost because 
it seems like you do have an impact on the players and to an extent the way that the team is sort of operating here and there like you said like you mentioned but it's almost like that kind of goes not left unnoticed but it sort of gets brushed to the side when you have I think certain it, people above you who are kind of trumping that I think it's more of a like a, I'm getting to the point of what's the point of like getting to the point of what's the point yeah, yeah. because <laughs> even if I were to make any small incremental change to the environment which I hope I'm doing it doesn't get it to the point where I think it's a good environment it's it's too far gone is what you're telling me I, that's how I would see it in that's my a, honest that's a bad, assessment. That's a yes. bad situation. That's a toxic situation. Yes. But God bless you for going in there trying to make a difference. <sighs> All right. That's my <laughs> rant for the week. Let's uh, go on to the dad joke and lighten my mood. Let's go check out Gloucester Gear. They got some new new spring and summer merch coming, a couple new logos. Gloucester Gear. Go check them out and gear up for the summer weather coming along. Here we go. Speaking of coaches, this is actually a funny one. Oh man! Why was <laughs> yeah? Why was the coach yelling at a vending machine? Come on. Something to do with the change, you'd think, right? You're on the right path. Why was the coach yelling at a vending machine? You're on the right path with something about change. I got nothing. I do you can't. want me to throw you a bone, or do you want me to just say it? I'm going to throw you a little Just hint. say it. My brain's fried. <laughs> I'm going to throw you a hint just for fun here. Okay. Think about the most commonly used currency within a vending machine. What do you think the most commonly used? A quarter or a dollar. It's one of the two. He wanted his quarterback. Ah. There Change. It is. I was on the right path. You were on the right path. You had you said quarter when I threw you a bone, but you didn't finish it. But yeah, why was the coach yelling at a vending machine? He wanted his quarterback. There I like it is, that one. folks. Any frauds you saw over the I last have, couple? So I literally have a fraud of the week. Like I I have it ready to go. Like I have a column ready to enter something in, and I couldn't come up with anything. I got it. Just says fraud of the week, and there's nothing there. I couldn't I couldn't come up with anything. And I don't think fraud of the week is necessarily something you really want to reach for or force. So no. if one comes to me, I'll be sure to sure to spread the word. Okay. You know that. I got nothing. You? Nothing. Really? Yeah. We're completely, wow. We're fraudless. People are lucky this week. The people are lucky. Yeah. They've been spared for going on three weeks now. <laughs> well, I don't know about a fourth. We'll, we'll get one next week for yeah, sure. I'm sure we will. Only time will tell, but we'll get one. Exactly. All right, this one comes from Joseph Stalin for a quote of the week. Okay, okay. The the master of genocide that he was at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a little bit hesitant, but go on. Starts with, I think it's a good quote. Here we go. Okay. Start quote. America is like a healthy body, and its resistance is threefold. Its patriotism, its morality, and its spiritual life. If we can undermine these three areas, America will collapse from within. Wow. Wow, my voice just cracked so much. Wow. <laughs> wow, no, that is... That's an interesting quote. I'll tell you that much. 
heavy. It says, it's a heavy it says book. a lot. I was going to say, it says a lot. It carries some weight to it. In times like these, I think it's great to look back in history. I would agree. All right, that'll wrap it up for a little season four, episode five, I believe it is. Mm-hmm. And we'll see you next week. Would you like to end us off here and exit the correct way? Pat from last year, play us out. What's for lunch? T-double-B-L-C. Stay in your seat. What's for lunch today? Brown bag, brown bag. The Brown Bag Lunch Crew.